extremely depressed person and like Odin was saying, you know, you fought depression every day and you made the choice every day when you woke up to continue fighting and to not give up and like you held that blade in the battle every day. And I I have that sort of belief of like no, I don't know what the fuck is waiting for me and I don't have answers for what the universe is, but I want to keep fighting for the life that I have. And uh, regardless of what that means, what, what that means for me, like I've, I've been, I've, I've had some shitty days that, that, uh, that are fucking terrible, but I want to keep fighting for the life that I have. And like, that's what's going to keep me going because just for the sake of the fight and for seeing what, what the next page of my life has to hold. Like it doesn't have, there doesn't have to be some fucking deeper meaning to everything. Maybe I just want to push my own boulder up the hill. Uh, maybe I just want to be the Sisyphus that, that keeps pushing my boulder up the hill for no fucking reason, because the only other option is to give up. Wait, so question. I never noticed there's horns on your thing. What are those for? Um, Halloween two years ago, I did like a demon thing, and I just kind of fuck with the horns, so I threw them on my leg because they work there. Do you ever just look at it while you're sleeping or trying to go to sleep? No, but I'll, I sometimes I put them on, like just walk around the house. Anyways, to get nice hey guys, food. welcome back to another episode of. Oh, we're Where starting. We are forty-eight seconds in. Um, fifty-one. <laughs> Anyways, um, we have back Brian. Brian. Yeah, the one, the only. Well, I guess for now. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your blessings or your curses. Um. And we were talking, I think, what, like a few days ago? Yeah, about? Like, like, like we were, I don't know why I got tongue tied there. We were talking about mere Christianity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like, and oh, yeah, I asked you, I was like, hey, if I do an episode about anything, um, what should I be about? You're like, do it on the book. Anyways, so, um, all right, so I guess I just want to get into like the questions yeah. part of it. Um, no time for introductions. All right. No time for introductions. Even though I did say your name. Oh, yeah. We're also joined by Alex. Hello. <laughs> he doesn't have a mic, yeah. but he'll chime in because you can probably hear him. Softly in the background. He's not British. He's not British, yeah. Um, I assume that everyone knows, but probably no one. Maybe. maybe. It's awfully narcissistic of you. Yeah. I mean, All right, let's get, I'm not the one with the podcast. Let's let's stop so. putting let's stop putting fucking Alex in the spotlight and let's get Yeah, fully. Um so back to you being in the spotlight. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um all right, first question. What did you grow up believing about Christianity? Uh I mean I, I grew up as a Christian. Um I was I was in the evangelical faith, uh specifically like Southern Baptist. I mean I was Technically non-denominational towards the end, but non-denominational just means like Baptist with a cooler website. Um, they're but non like evangelical Christians are very. I mean, they're kind of the like ones that you see in the media that are, um, you know, really uh, brigading against you know the abortion stuff, the LGBT stuff. Um, they're like the politically active uh, conservative Christians, and so I was absolutely like a uh you know balls to the wall far right conservative christian for the the overwhelming majority of my life until probably i don't know probably freshman year of college is when i fully kind of deconverted from it with so i was similarly but i wasn't evangelical i was like more like baptist what's the difference between baptist is evangelical oh so could you even like classify like catholics into evangelical no i mean 
I guess there is definitely uh, a definition that I just probably don't don't have like an educated uh, you know like a definition of uh, for for like what what encompasses evangelical Christianity um, but like what did you grow like like what did you grow up like believing in like what was like your system of beliefs uh, like in what field I guess I was I was Calvinist which is the belief that like um you know we are as humans totally depraved it's, it's a big reason why a lot of like evangelical Christians have a huge like guilt complex with sin um of like uh you know we are inherently sinful beings that like Jesus died on the cross because uh you know it's it's our fault like um, and, and so I had a huge, huge guilt complex around that. Um, the other parts of Calvinism are around like the fact that you don't have a choice whether or not you get saved. Um, everyone has been decided from the beginning of time. Um, you know, it's been decided by God who gets saved and who doesn't. And so you are either one of the chosen ones that gets selected to be a Christian or you, uh, are damned for eternity to hell. Um, and it's, a the reason why calvinism is so like intertwined with evangelical christianity is because like um i don't know how to how to how to say this elegantly but like if you believe that everyone is kind of already where they're going to be then like it's easier to to damn like the gays to hell because they've already made their decision. They've chosen to like align with the devil and, and that kind of thing. I guess I'm having a hard time understanding because I'm thinking yeah, of, like I'm not saying this elegantly. No, I th- I think for the like most of what you said makes sense. It's when I think of like Christians that were born into Christianity, but then like yourself, for ex- example, like move from it as you like get to a certain age or like get away from it. Yeah. Like how do it's like like Christians win a lottery, but you're basically saying like I'm going to give up this lottery. So it's like how do oh, you yeah. preordain that? Like this person's supposed to have it. Yeah. So there's a doctrine in Calvinism called eternal preservation of the saints, and it's this idea that there are going to be people that fall away from the faith. But what that means is that they were never one of the elect. Like, um, and and in many ways, like it's almost worse because you were, you were given the opportunity for salvation and you were not, you you were not accepted into the faith. Um, So eternal preservation of the saints basically says that uh, those that are elect can never be unelect, like they'll never leave the faith. And so the very fact that uh, I left the faith means that I was never like a Christian in the first place. That's actually what's really hard about it is um, there's a lot of people that I grew up with that believe that I never was a Christian because I have now left the faith. Um, and so like, it would be impossible that I ever was a Christian because once you've experienced the glory of God, like you could never possibly leave it. And so it's like this very tug of war thing of like, no, I experienced the faith and like, it hurt me and I left it because of that. And their reaction to it is often like, no, you were never a Christian because if you were a Christian, like you would understand the the joy and the glory of God. So it, in my, like, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like Christians or like not even Christians, but like people that like were born Christian, like fully were like given like a, like a birthmark. That's basically like a cross. 
And if you leave the Christian faith at some point, it's like, you never had that cross. Like that was fake. That was like dirt smudged on your arm. Like you never had that imprint on you. Absolutely. Real quick, just to clarify, like you could also be someone who was not born in the faith, but come to it later. But like you, you still had that proverbial tattoo on your arm um from the beginning because like it was decided it was preordained that you were going to be a christian i guess um the thing for me is how do you go how do you stay with in that idea throughout your life like like i grew up with the major focus of like you stay within the christian belief because of there's a consequence of punishment and yeah. there's a blind faith that you have to have. Yeah. And it seems like blind faith is also like a big key in there. But let's say I do everything I'm supposed to do for most of my life. I'm 25 years old and I want to sin and like have premarital sex. And then I don't do it. But like, what if I, is, is it, are they trying to say that like those that are like born into the faith will never break that? No, um, I mean, we all have, I'm not saying this from my own personal beliefs, but to explain, like, we all have an inherent sin nature. um, And sort of the idea is that, like, nothing can wash away our sins but the blood of Jesus. Um, And just because that you are in the faith doesn't mean that you will never sin. Um, uh, You know, there's there's plenty of apostles in the Bible who sin long after um, they've they've chosen to follow Jesus. Namely, there's there's the the big example is um is it Peter yeah who who denies Christ three times in the in the New Testament uh, even though that he he claims to be like his strongest supporter um so yeah no it's it's not that you'll never sin uh, once you're a Christian it's that you have that foundation and that you are willing to come to a point of repentance like if you do sin um. You know, it's it's a little too simplistic to say you can just do whatever the fuck you want and then, like, pray for repentance afterwards. But if you want to get down to brass tacks, that's kind of the case. I guess the idea is that you should ideally not have those urges if you truly are, like, a Christian. Were you raised on the idea of, like, blind faith? hmm Yeah, um, you know, I was definitely raised on, like, uh not my parents i should i should clarify huh. my parents were lovely um and my dad was very much like a you should ask questions kind of guy um but i went to a, a very religious school from kindergarten to 12th grade um and you know we were required to take theology courses for pretty much every year of high school um and it wasn't that you weren't allowed to ask questions in class like you could ask you know why would a loving god do xyz but um it was like uh, i guess like to give an example like there was one class period where i kind of asked that similar question i don't remember what the exact question was but it was something along the lines of like um you know we are believing in a god that is supposed to be loving when x thing is happening in the world today and one of the students raised their hand and was just like i want to you know i don't have an answer for that but i just want the whole class to pray over brian right now um and so it, it was like one of and and it happened like it happened like everyone like bowed their heads and was like you know whatever um at the time they were they were mentioning like whatever demon has has come over you like i want you to, i hope that you can um you know overcome it and 
you know, that the blind faith thing of like, it's not that you, they want, they would like to believe at that school that I went to that, that it was perfectly okay to ask questions and that like they support that. But in, in practice, um, you know, asking questions was like, are a, are they doubting their faith and be like, what can we do to bring them back to that? Um, and so it wasn't as toxic as necessarily like the Mormon faith where they're kind of taught, like, you can never seek any outside counsel outside the church. And if you do, like, it is a betrayal of your faith. Um, but it was still like very much a blind faith. Like, um, you have to, you know, you can ask questions, but at the end of the day, you have to accept this for what it is. Um, in, so as I was reading, like, Mere Christianity, um, CS was just like talking about how the idea of faith can't be done alone. It, you can only have faith when there's like also like rationality around it or like reason. And like, I just want to know your thoughts on that. Like, do you think from past experience and current experience, like what are your thoughts on like needing a rationale and was that there? And is that why you like moved away? I absolutely think that there, I mean, I think that there are faiths that don't have rationality behind them, but I think that in the case of C.S. Lewis, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll him, him and ha and I'll hate on C.S. Lewis, but uh, he's uh, an incredibly intellectual writer, um, and it would be a crime to say that he has no rationality in the way that he goes about things. I mean, like, they still use his his arguments in apologetics classes today. Um, you know, the liar, lunatic, um, I forget what the third one is. You you just read it. I don't know if you've gotten to that chapter. No. There's like a there's like a whole thing where he argues like if Jesus either had to be a lord liar or lunatic, um, where like he was either he either was who he said he was, or he was lying, or he was just like a crazy person. And like these are foundational arguments that have like built a lot of what apologetics is today. Um, so I I think that there there absolutely often is rationale behind people's faiths um you know there was rationale behind like the fucking greek faiths like they uh they they needed a reason to explain like why the tides worked the way they did and and they made poseidon you know like uh they and they prayed to him when the storms were coming like there was rational basis behind all of these things um but to some extent like i think you know, he he gets into this too, but atheism is 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 a is a faith in and of itself, which I know that you'd you'd reject, Alex. But um, like in the sense that it requires some sense of like blind belief in 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 things as well. I I I think that every faith requires uh requires blind faith as well. But but rationality is my point is that yeah, I think uh I think most faiths have some rational basis behind them. So what do you believe in, like, currently? Like, religious, like, spiritually, religiously? Um, yeah, I am, I mean, I'm fully atheist, like, um, Nietzsche-level nihilism. But also, I, I kind of recognize that that's what's comfortable for me. Um, like, I spent my entire life believing that there was this divine thing that was judging every one of my actions. And, like, um, it took me a long time to become comfortable in uh, a lot of situations like like uh situations in the bedroom and that kind of thing like i would just see like the flames of hell lapping at my feet when i would even think of that kind of stuff because like i had this like uh 
I had this upbringing that was so ingrained in like, you cannot have sex until marriage and like just how awful it would be to do that. I mean, like, you know, there's people that I grew up with that, that uh, are, had gotten married at like 20 because they were horny and like they needed to get married to, to fulfill that. Um, like I, uh, I think that the idea that someone is not watching over me and that there is nothing that is like judging every one of my actions is like the most comfortable faith I could possibly have. And so I am, I am full on nihilist. I mean, like floating rock in space, we're all alone. Uh, except maybe some aliens that might be out there in some other galaxy. Like I do not believe in any spirituality, even down to the point of like ghosts and that kind of thing. Um, just because I don't know, it's what works for me. It's what's comfortable for me. Um, and there is, I, I, that's kind of what I was saying. Like there is a, there's rational basis for it, but it's also the faith that makes me comfortable because I, I don't have to believe that I am getting judged in the same way that I felt consistently growing up. What's your idea on the concept of an inherent moral compass? Ooh. Um, in sense of like, do we all have one? Yes. Do you think that, like, do you think that we're born with an inherent moral compass as humans or as people? Oh God. God. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, where, where I would immediately disagree with you is just like morality. Like what is morality? Um, but sure. Right. I think it's impossible to deny that like, we do not look at a school shooting and see something bad. Um, like there is something within us that, that, cringes or that hates like murder theft all of these sorts of things i i don't know where i would stand on it personally um i just don't think the answer is we have these feelings of knowing or having certain feelings towards what is right and what is wrong and therefore god in terms of where i stand on it i mean i would probably personally say that like from an evolutionary standpoint, there is a certain benefit to not killing your fellow man, especially when we live in such a communal, like as humans, we are as communal as we are. Uh, and and, and in, in terms of theft, like we, if we want to live within a community, then the best way to do that is to work together. And then that might be the basis for why we, why we act the way we do and why we have the morals that we do. But this is not like a, you know, I'm not um, Richard Dawkins with like, you know, the selfish gene out here knowing every, every minute detail of what I'm talking about evolutionarily. I just think that it is far too simple to say, I think I have an idea of what is right and what is wrong and therefore God. So if you don't really have an idea of like what is right or what is wrong, how can there be such a concept of faith in the Christian religion? If they say you go to hell and it is one thing, why is that one thing deemed as bad when we don't know, A, what that thing is after, nor, like, morally what would constitute being a good or a bad thing? Well, everyone goes to hell, yeah? Like, like I, I guess I'm going off of the idea of, like, um, one of them is, like, step on a crack and you go to hell. But, like, who was the person that dealt with the idea of, like, that that thing is bad. Therefore, I thought you broke your mother's back if you stepped on a crack. I'm I paraphrasing. Think it, yeah. Well, everyone, everyone, every, one, every human, 
every human after Adam and Eve is destined to go to hell. Um, and that is, I don't even know that that's only a Calvinist thing. I think that's just a Christian thing, period. Christian, um, maybe. Because we have an inherent sin nature. Like, every one of us is sinful. Um, and the fact that we are sinful means we have fallen short of the glory of God because God physically cannot look upon sinful things and he cannot be in the presence of them. And so we must be washed with the blood of Jesus in order to wipe away our sin nature. And so like for someone that's nihilistic, you use a lot of Christian reference. Oh dude, I, I was in this shit for, I mean, until I was probably 19, I was a Christian. I was I was a I was a devout Christian until I was seventeen. From like eighteen to nineteen, I was questioning it heavily. Um, but youth my sexuality. What? Youth my sexuality. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. 18, 19, 17 era. Oof. Me not having a sexuality at nineteen. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I just kid. I was uh, a oh, god. Yeah, I was I was gung ho for it, man. I mean, like Asexual. in high school, and I, I was briefly thinking of going to seminary. So, like, I I, I know this stuff a little bit. Um, I'm sure, like, a theologian would watch this podcast and want to put a bullet in my skull. Wait, so if you are like, would you would you say atheist nihilist? Like, what was your nihilist? I, I guess like atheist is more of like a religious belief, and a nihilist is more like a philosophical belief, theological. I guess at the end of the day, I'm agnostic because I don't know. Nobody fucking knows with 100% certainty. Um, I always hate that. Not to interrupt, but all the atheists are agnostic. Yeah, exactly. They're just pretty sure. They're just mostly, they're putting everything on an equal playing field and saying, yeah, that's just as unlikely as all of these other things that I don't say, oh, but there's a chance. Yeah, I'm agnostic. Mm. I can say with 100% certainty that Christian religion as it exists in evangelical America is not true because we know archaeologically that pretty much most of the Old Testament did not happen. Then how do you think people were able to just like believe in like blind faith growing up? Like, was it the fear of punishment of going to hell? Like, did they just like ride that wave of you're going to go to hell? So sissy Lou, I hate to be that guy, but it's indoctrination. Like, I mean, I was watching documentaries in school about trying to find Noah's Ark. Like, and no, a global flood did not happen. Like, it didn't happen. But like, it we... I, I think it might have. Not a global flood, but I definitely think there are too many mythologies in the Mediterranean region. Isn't that, that so interesting? A great flood? I think there has to have been. So a, here's, where, here's my takeaway from that. I take sort of a... a the Old Testament, I fucking love the Old Testament, dude. I think it's so cool because it is this preservation of like Mesopotamian religions that have existed for longer than we have like historical record for. And that is why I think there are so many flood narratives is because like every Mesopotamian religion has a flood narrative and like the Bible stems from those religions and therefore the Bible has a flood narrative. It's the same reason why Jesus was a virgin birth. Virgin birth is something that exists in pretty much every religion ever, period, to, to show that a, a, somebody is, is a deity. Like, they're, they're, they're a deity, and therefore they were born of a virgin. And we just like to forget that, but only two of the Gospels even mention that Jesus was born of a virgin. So, like, clearly he fucking wasn't. But, like, when I, to your flood narrative point, like, maybe there, maybe there was a global flood, 
but I think it's because they all stem from the same father religion and therefore like the flood narrative exists in so many ancient religions. My, my main thing is just what I was saying earlier of like, just because I don't know whether or not we have an inherent moral compass does not mean, you know, if we have one, God exists. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Unfortunately, I don't have like an educated answer on that because it is, it's honestly a really good point of like. Do you believe in the idea of like inverses? Like we only know happiness because we know sadness. Okay. And Interesting. No. I want I want to know that from the idea that you say that you have more of an atheist nihilistic view. And if you know if nihilism is the idea of like everything is pain, but how can you know pain if there's also pleasure? Or do you just believe in pain itself? Happiness is a very specific kind of thing. Sure. Um like, like these emotions they're physical responses. And those physical responses exist whether but like, why do those? Opposite, but the it? categorization of it is like moralistic or human. Yeah, like what? Like why do we have those urges? I mean, I, I think I want to say it's Dawkins that has this like you thing can, about. Sorry. No, go it's for it. You got it. You can see a, like a child can fall on the floor, but it will not. Sorry, you can see a child fall on the floor, but it might not cry unless it realizes that people are waiting for something to happen, and then it gives a response based off of like a learned response based off of like how people react to a child falling on the floor, like hurting itself. Yes, but emotions and feelings exist. No, I, I'm not saying they don't exist, but how do we characterize one as good or bad? Like, is there an innate good or bad? As far as sensation goes, yes. So the child falls on the floor and it feels a sensation, but what is the difference between that sensation versus us eating food and feeling like, hot sauce touch our tongue and say that oh it's spicy like spicy food hurts but falling hurts but hurt is a feeling that comes from the idea that this is bad like this should not be happening this is not regular it's unpleasant yeah but unpleasant is the idea that this is unregular we that means they have to be like there has to be some kind of categorization of this should not be happening. And I'm asking you, do you think that like when someone falls on the ground or when someone eats a spicy food, they instantly know from the time they're a child or like from the time they are born that this is bad and they characterize it as bad or like, is there a set bad and good? Oh, I see. Um, I think their bodies do it. Cause like, let's say, someone like a baby having hot sauce doesn't know what's happening their body's on fire but then as they get older they they learn that oh that's hot sauce it's supposed to be like that i want that like they don't they don't see that spiciness is bad anymore it's good but like them as like grow like first being born it's like it's bad so how do how can we categorize things are as bad or good how do we know based off of just like a subjective lived experience I think we have, I mean, in terms of morality, not in spiciness. <laughs> Sorry, that was so side tangent. Um, I think we have like a, a genetic debt calculator that we like, this is what's good and this is what's bad because, I mean, I would argue from a, from a nihilistic standpoint of like, um, 
we learned to live communally. Why we are humans is because we learned to live communally. And so like we have categorized things in our brain of like, this is a bad thing to live communally, or this is a good thing to, in order to, to sustain living communally. And so if someone uh, kills someone, that is a bad thing for living communally. And that is why we morally have that urge against that or have an urge to be like, wow, that's fucking shitty that that guy killed that guy. And the same with like stealing and that kind of thing, because we have this calculator of like, uh, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And that is why like, I think people should live freely and, and whatever. So to that point, and to a point you previously made up, it reminds me of like your analogy of like school shootings. It's like to a, to a baby, if it saw someone just like a sound go off and then someone fall on the floor, how do, how do they know the difference between that versus like them being dead versus like them just like being on the floor asleep or something? Like, how do we know that that is innately good or bad? A baby? Yes. I mean, it doesn't have to be a baby. I think like, a baby just like wouldn't have the mental capacity to like understand. I'm just using the baby as like an analogy of like someone that's just like so not ignorant, but just like so not involved into like. Oh, you mean like, let's say someone grew up in like a, in like a glass box for their entire life yes. and then left that glass box and saw someone getting shot. Mm-hmm. What would they think? They, they could be like, Oh, I know that when I'm on the ground, I'm sleeping. Maybe they're sleeping. How do they know that that's bad? They, they don't have a concept of death. And how do they even know death is bad other than the concept that we know that it is? I do not know, dude. We're getting outside the scope. Of- how do you exist in the reality? Like, what keeps you going? Um, okay, I, that's a, that is a really interesting question. Um, I have, for the audio listeners, um, I have a YouTube yeah (laughs) i know that was the joke um i have the i have a tattoo that is admittedly looking back um it is uh it is not it is not actually accurate to to scandinavian religion but i didn't know that at the time i got it um i'll put a picture in the yeah sure um and it is like a combination of of what i thought at the time to be the symbol for valhalla uh, with with um, the semicolon, which is like the don't kill yourself tattoo. Um, and what's the semicolon? Oh, okay. So you see the dot up here? Oh, okay. It like goes into the semicolon that creates the triangle. Whatever. I see. My thing is like this. <laughs> I, I, obviously, I don't believe in Valhalla, but it's this, there's this short story I read once that like changed my entire fucking perspective. And it's this idea that this guy who's just like a normal ass dude, he's lived his life the same as any of us have, uh, Val. wakes up one day wow. and he finds himself, <laughs> you know, talking. Fred. So I'm so stupid. No, no. <laughs> Fine. His name is, is, is Val. Steve. Steve. His name can be Steve in honor of my former roommate. Um, he uh, he wakes up one day and he finds himself in Valhalla and he realizes that he has died. And, and Odin is walking him through like the halls of, of Valhalla and, and showing him the barracks and, and where his sleeping quarters are going to be. I like and he Steve. gets to the end of the he gets to the end of the tour and he's like, "Hey, look! Like I'm I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm well adjusted. Like I'm I'm good. Glad to be here. But like, why am I here? I did not fight to." 
like the whole idea of Valhalla is like you have to die in battle to get there. And he's like, I didn't die in battle. And and uh, and Odin is like, you. He, basically, the idea being that this guy was like a, a an extremely depressed person, and like Odin was saying, you know, you fought depression every day, and you made the choice every day when you woke up to continue fighting and to not give up, and like you held that blade in battle every day. And I, I have that sort of belief of like no, I don't know what the fuck is waiting for me and I don't have answers for what the universe is, but I want to keep fighting for the life that I have. And uh, regardless of what that means, what, what that means for me, like I've, I've been, I've, I've had some shitty days that, that, uh, that are fucking terrible, but I want to keep fighting for the life that I have. And like, that's what's going to keep me going because just for the sake of the fight and for seeing what, what the next page of my life has to hold. Like it doesn't have, there doesn't have to be some fucking deeper meaning to everything. Like, Maybe I just want to push my own boulder up the hill. Uh, maybe I just want to be the Sisyphus that that keeps pushing my boulder up the hill for no fucking reason, because the only other option is to give up. <laughs>